This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And a few episodes ago, as you know by now, if you've listened to a few of these, I'm always really bad at (laughs) remembering how many episodes ago or knowing how long or anything like that. But I talked about crucifixion and I talked about what that would have looked like in the ancient world about the different ideas that would have immediately sprung to mind for people who had heard that Jesus, who people were claiming was the Messiah, had been crucified. What that would feel like to them and to think, wait, a a violent criminal? That's who's usually crucified. What in the world? Now, this is not really a part two. I feel like I keep saying that. Not really a part two, but it is connecting back to that idea because we're going to look at something that happens, really just one line of what happens as Jesus is hanging on the cross. So the backdrop for that is that he was betrayed by Judas. He was arrested He was tried, and Pilate couldn't find any reason for the death penalty, and he said as much. The crowd yells out, no, no, crucify him. We want him crucified. And so he's crucified. And, you know, there's a line in Luke Right before, in Luke 23, right before the passage, the verse that we're going to read here in this episode, it just kind of says, and they crucified him. And if we don't know that that is going to involve uh, beating, that's going to involve, you would imagine, mocking and debasing, because I, I don't think there's a way that you could do something so awful to another person and just kind of be standing there treating them like they're a person. And the shame and the pain and the agony that Jesus was experiencing as he had metal spikes driven through his arms and legs, feet, as he's hung up on this wooden cross, Jesus says something that I think drives home his whole point of trying to help us understand what God is like. He, in Luke 23, verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now, the reason that I kind of Uh, highlighted a little bit of what would have been happening right before Jesus said this is to understand the agony and the suffering that he was in the middle of experiencing. And why this one sentence is so significant, why it really hits home for me and for many people over centuries is because this was the rubber meeting the road for Jesus who had spent time talking about forgiving your enemies, praying for people who persecute you, 
who had talked about forgiving 70 times 7, who had talked about how God is a God who forgives. And then as Jesus is in this situation where, you know, every single person listening to this right now, as you know what went into crucifixion, as you know that this was a physical and emotional just totally tearing down of a person, we would all give Jesus a pass, wouldn't we? We would say, hey, you know, right then, I I know that you are a forgiving person and a forgiving God, and I know that you're trying to teach us to do that, but, you know, if you didn't forgive people while you were hanging on the cross, none of us are going to hold that against you. None of us are going to say, Hey, how come you're not living up to your own teaching? Because that, that's just extreme. But that's what Jesus did. And so I tried to not put myself in that situation, but put myself in that, um, I guess maybe in some ways, state of mind. To think of what I'm like and what I do and how I react when I'm experiencing hurt because what Jesus was doing is he was thinking of the people who were doing him harm but in a totally different way than than we do right because I think of the people who are doing me harm (laughs) while they're doing it Um, but I'm not thinking of them that way Jesus was concerned for them he was somehow in that moment wanting the best for them. Now, that's the opposite of me, right? When I'm experiencing hurt at the hands of somebody else, physical, emotional, whatever it is, verbal, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what can I do or say or bring into the mix here to make this stop right now. And I'm not so concerned if in the process it does something that's harmful to the person who's inflicting harm on me. Now, I thought about this, and this this example, this story, is not a good story, not a good example of, you know, connecting into a moment of crucifixion but I thought of a moment where I felt that, not that amount of helplessness, but when I felt helpless at the hands of somebody else. Now, this is not even one one thousandth of what Jesus experienced, but I want you to hear in my moment of helplessness, being, you know, what felt like tormented by people how I reacted, and I think it's a natural reaction. This was when I was probably in sixth or seventh grade, something like that. I was at a youth camp, and I was in the boys' dorm, and there were probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 of us in there in bunk beds, maybe a little bit more. And being in sixth or seventh grade, I was one of the youngest, if not the youngest, 
And so a bunch of the other guys in my, in my room, they teamed up and overpowered me and they duct taped my, like around my shoulders and, um, around my feet, they duct taped me to the, the bunk bed that was there. I don't know why I couldn't think of the name of bunk bed, but I got it. Uh, they duct taped me to the bunk bed and then what they did is they took turns, um, inflicting pain on me, I guess I would say. <laughs> um, I'm not going to get too into detail on what happened. That's not the point of the story. But one by one, they were kind of coming up and letting me know my place, right? That was, I think, what the point of this whole experience probably was in their minds or just, who knows, there probably wasn't even a point or thought, whatever. And in that moment, I was sitting there and like I said, I was thinking of these people, but I was thinking, okay, if they get close enough, well, they got me taped up really good here, but as soon as I get untaped, I can start swinging and I can, you know, I'm thinking through what's going to happen here. How do I stop this? And somebody walked up and they pinched me or whatever it was. And, and, um, I said, okay, guys, the next person that comes over here, if they're not cutting me down, if they're not getting me off of this stupid bedpost, the only thing I can do, and I'm going to do it, I'm going to spit right in your face. And the next guy comes up all, oh, hey, yeah, right. And I spit right in his face. And very quickly after that, they untaped me from the bedpost and I walked away like, yep, that's right. I got my way out of that. I you know, I overcame the situation and I used not pretty means, but I used what I had available, right? And I, I got them as much as I could back. Now, like I say, that's a dumb comparison. It's not even a comparison, but it's a moment of feeling that helpless and going, what are my options? Your mind is scrambling and you're thinking, is there anything I can do that's going to harm them or make them uncomfortable or upset enough that they're going to stop doing what they're doing. That's how I'm thinking about the people inflicting pain on me in these moments. But Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And when I think about that, I, I guess it's been maybe three or four days ago now, I just read that line and just sat with it. And I thought, man, what, what would that take? Because I've already, like I said, I, I experienced something less than one one thousandth, right, of the agony and torment and pain and shame and all that. And how I reacted was only thinking about these other people in a negative way. But Jesus, he's trying to see things from their perspective. He's saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I want you to think for a moment about 
the amount of grace that it takes while you're being hurt to think about things from that perspective. I've told you before that one of our counselors was, um, we were getting lunch at the same time or we were in the lunchroom at the same time and talking about a situation. I, I can't remember. I think I brought it up and kind of said, yeah, this happened and between a parent and a child and I was like, this parent, I'm just so annoyed at them. They're just being such jerks or something like that. She said, well, they're, they're scared. And I said, yeah, they're scared. And so they're being jerks. You know, I'll give you that. And, <laughs> and she said, well, they're scared. And I really, <laughs> I really didn't like that. I really resisted that idea. And as I thought, about that over and over and over. Not like I sit around and just analyze conversations, but I, I walked away struck by like they were being a jerk. Why, why would she have hesitation to say that? And I realized that when we stop and think about things from the other person's point of view, think about how many conflicts that you've been a part of that you've been a part of escalating, maybe even. And then when the other person, when you finally understood what they were trying to say, you go, oh, oh, that's what you meant? Oh, my bad. <laughs> I didn't even, yeah, that was a big misunderstanding. Sorry, I didn't mean to get so angry. I didn't even realize we agreed in the first place. And if that happens, I think about, how much of an impact it would make if we stopped and thought about things from other people's point of view proactively instead of, okay, after we've tried battling it out here verbally or, or however we're trying to reach a conclusion, that I actually stop and think, man, I wonder what's going on on their end of things. And that in that moment, Jesus was actively seeing things from the perspective of his torturers, his tormentors, his murderers. He's saying, God, they, they don't even know what they're doing. So at first, when I was sitting with this line of the passage, I I thought, man, that's amazing to be seeing things from their perspective. That is unbelievable. And I thought that was the whole of the passage. But then what jumped out at me is those first few words when he says, Father, forgive them. So he's not just seeing things from their perspective. He's not just... Uh, being open to seeing, okay, they don't really get what they're doing. And, you know, I want to be aware of that. He's actually hoping that they experience healing. Father, forgive them. And it's, it's really kind of mind-blowing that he can say this line without saying, Father, forgive them if they stop doing what they're doing right now. 
because they don't know what they're doing. He's hoping that they experience healing and wholeness, not contingent on whether or not he in that moment gets to experience that. And when I think about the, the layers of what Jesus is doing here, I really am blown away. When I think about and talk about uh, forgiveness, I really, you know, I think it's important to also add in the fact that, um, you know, there are some of us who find ourselves in abusive situations, who find ourselves around people who, maybe people who say that they love us, uh, maybe not, but people who are um, actively abusive in our lives. Uh, forgiveness doesn't equal staying in a situation where you're going to continue to be hurt and continue to be in jeopardy. If you're in a spot like that, I would really encourage you to reach out to Winning at Home. Um, we have counselors on staff who can help walk you through what things look like in your specific situation and help you to kind of parse out the difference between forgiveness and just staying in a spot where you're going to continue to be hurt. So I, I don't want anyone to hear this, um, this really, in many ways, unconditional forgiveness, right? That Jesus is asking for, for these you know, his captor, murderer, torturers, and think that it's a justification for you to stay in an abusive situation. But for those of us who aren't in a spot like that, um, I'm guessing that we've come up with explanations and reasons why and kind of how I opened it by talking about the fact that knowing what Jesus had experienced, that none of us would blame him if he didn't forgive. You very well could, or you probably do, have some kind of hurt that if you sat down and you explained it to me, or if you sat down and you explained it to 10 different people, you could get all of us saying, hey, I totally get why you don't need to forgive that person. But what Jesus modeled for us was after spending so much time teaching about forgiveness, when the rubber meets the road for him, that's how he responds. And I have a feeling that, like me, as we're looking at this passage, as I'm talking about this passage, I have some faces popping up in my head that I know 
I need to forgive. That if I want to look like Jesus, I need to forgive. And I'm guessing that just like they're popping up in my mind, they're popping up for you too. And that same grace that God wants to offer to us, we get a chance to turn around and offer that grace to the people who we really don't want to offer it to, who we, we really think, man, if I could just explain, you know, I feel like this is one of those loopholes where you don't really actually have to forgive this. And Jesus on the cross is asking on, you know, on the behalf of these people who are torturing him, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. So I want to end this episode and, and just give you, um, I don't know, I'm always torn between do I, do I wait a little bit and just ask you in the silence to, uh, to pray and ask God for his help. That's normally how I end my sermons, but on a podcast, you can just turn the thing off and then sit there in silence yourself. And that's what I want to encourage you to do, to before you jump in right into the next thing, before you let this autoplay the next whatever episode or song or whatever it is that you're moving to next, I want to encourage you to take minimum 30 seconds. Maybe it winds up being a little longer or a lot longer than that. And ask God to be at work to help you. I'm going to do the same to help me to look more and more like Jesus, especially in the way that I forgive.